Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name's Jonathan Webdale. We hope you're safe and well wherever you may be. Today we hear from Vice TV and Vice Studios execs Yoniu Siskin, Falguni Lakani Adams, Bea Hegedus and Morgan Hertzen about the making of Vice Versa, the neglected pandemic, 40 years of HIV and AIDS, a feature documentary that takes a comprehensive look at what it's like to be HIV positive in the US in 2021. C21's Content LA On Demand virtual conference wrapped last week, with a series of panel discussions and one-on-one interviews exploring how the US television business is evolving in a period of unprecedented change. From the shift to streaming, the challenges of keeping production going during the pandemic, the Black Lives Matter movement, and a move towards more international focused development, these discussions tackled the gamut of issues and opportunities confronting Hollywood right now and the status of US programming on the global stage. Vice Studios UK creative director and executive producer Yoni Usiskin, Vice TV executive vice president and general manager Morgan Hertzen, and network executive Filguni Lakani Adams, and Vice Media Group global head of distribution Bea Hegedus spoke to Clive Whittingham about the making of Vice Versa, the neglected pandemic, 40 years of HIV and AIDS, a feature documentary that takes a comprehensive look at what it's like to be HIV positive in the US in 2021. The starting point really is uh, to talk about the uh, the origins of this project, how it came about and, and how it's landed with Vice. Uh, Morgan, why don't you uh, kick us off with that? Sure. Well, Clive, thanks for having us and thanks for letting us tell you about this project that is really important to, to Vice and to us personally. Um, this project started with a pitch from Vice Studios. Uh, Vice Studios is a key, the key production partner of ours. They make our big hit show, Dark Side of the Ring, and a lot of other great shows. Um, and we, the key network partner of them, so we work really closely. You know, we we at Vice and at Vice TV really try to look at the different side of stories and kind of tell stories that other people might have told in a different way but are shying away from. You know, obviously we do that with Dark Side of the Ring. Um, we do that with a lot of our Vice Versa documentaries. We do that with Vice News. We do that with a whole bunch of other shows that are that are coming out. Um, and with this, it was interesting. Vice Studios brought us the idea of kind of commemorating the 40th anniversary of HIV and AIDS. But when we started talking about this, it was really at the beginning of the COVID pandemic. Um, you know, so we were sitting just like this on on Zoom boxes talking about this. You know, and I I couldn't help but think how different the response to HIV and AIDS was to how it was with COVID, right? I mean, you know, politics aside, you know, and whether or not you think Trump did a good or bad job, I I obviously, or I personally think he could have done a much, much better job responding to COVID. But at the very least, Trump was, and the White House was talking about COVID every day in a press conference. You know, if you juxtapose that to the HIV AIDS pandemic, you know, and I, I remember this very, very distinctly and very personally because um, I had a sister who passed away of HIV when she was 12. Um, and remember, you know, while, while that was happening, the White House and, you know, the U.S. government wouldn't even talk about HIV for six years, kind of denied it existed, pretended that it wasn't a real problem. You know, meanwhile, over the last 40 years, almost a million Americans died of HIV 
Um, and it's in such a different place now, but our, our thoughts really turn to just how different things would have been if, if that response was, was kind of carried out in the way that the world kind of mobilized around COVID. And as I said at the beginning of, of you know, your question, we really think a lot about underrepresented groups and kind of unheard voices. And, you know, you'll see, and, and Yoni and Falcony did a really, really brilliant job making this doc. You know, so many people talk about, including Fauci, that you just couldn't get attention on this issue for years and years and years and years. And, you know, just think about today. Imagine if years went by and nobody talked about COVID, right? And just, you know, people were dropping dead all over the place. But people are like, oh, no, that's nothing. That's just, you know, that's just old people. And, you know, we're not going to pay attention to that or something. So it just seemed, obviously, it was an important anniversary to uh, to recognize, but it was also incredibly newsworthy and timely. So we went back to Vice Studios and said, yes, let's go. And, and you know, all through COVID, and really the and a huge kudos to them for, for doing it, all through COVID and through lockdown and through lockdown in the U.S. and through lockdown in the U.K., produced this doc, and it looks really, really good. Um, so we're really proud of it. So that's the genesis. Um, I hope that answers that question. Uh, Yoni Falgani, um, maybe uh, the practicalities of producing in in lockdown. Um, can you can you tell us about how this was? Because it sounds like the whole thing has been put together while obviously we've we've not been allowed to be together in edit suites and things like that. Can you just talk a little bit about uh, the practicalities of actually putting together a, a high end dot like this in the circumstances we've been in? Yeah, um, sure. I mean, we started on this journey in 2019, actually, and we didn't predict as no one could how how complicated it would be to film a series about a pandemic that still exists today um, with an incredible history to it in the midst of a global epidemic and pandemic. Um, and so doing this film in this way from the UK and filming across the US was an incredible challenge. And I don't really think there are many companies out there that could have pulled this off in this way, um, just because Vice and Vice Studios have such an incredible network of um, producers and directors and infrastructure around the world, it meant that we could plug into that really easily and really quickly. Um, so it meant filming across five states, um, all with remote teams, um, teams that were also hyper aware of filming during COVID and making sure that all locations were sort of doubly checked and all our contributors were doubly checked because if they, as they were, many were HIV positive. You know, there's, you know, you need to be really careful about working with people, you know, um, who have, you know, health concerns um, beyond just general COVID issues. Um, so those with HIV and AIDS, we had to be sure were completely safe. Um, so there were layer upon layer of complications to this, but it still meant that we were able to film all across the US with people from all different backgrounds, um, from Fauci all the way down to people in the Deep South who are still struggling today to, um, to, to, to deal with stigma and to deal with the issues that they face just walking in the streets and people knowing that they have a disease and they don't understand it. Um, so even even just trying to get locations in certain places, we came across quite a lot of kickback from those people saying you're filming what and about who and no thanks, we don't want anything to do with that. That's not cool. Like that's not you know. So we felt even as a production team, some, you know, just a hint of what some of our contributors were talking about. Um, but ultimately, what we yeah you know, being able to pull off a two hour special across five states with multiple teams being directed and produced from uh, the UK and Linda who was the series producer um, and director has done an incredible job I wish she was here today but she's um yeah, she's working really hard to get 
get us to our deadline and get our um, voiceover sorted. Um, so I would have loved her to have been here to get the praise that she deserves and for the team. But, um, you know, it's an incredible job to be able to, to do something like this with, with, to the extent that we have. We, there's a, a couple of uh, relevances to, to the present day situation that have already been touched on, but and there obviously is a, an anniversary element to this. But uh, Falguni, maybe um, you could address why, why do this project now? What makes uh, this sort of relevant and, and pressing to do in 2021? Well, I, I think that, um, you know, once we decided to go ahead with the project, um, given that it was 40th anniversary, it also just all um, coincided and collided with a, a pandemic that everybody was in the middle of. And I think that it's uh, relevant for people who um, maybe didn't understand um, what uh, what it was like for, you know, the people who were um, experiencing HIV and who were dying. Maybe they didn't understand how how horrific that was. And now people can empathize. This is an opportunity for that because we've gone through our own pandemic. Some some big names um, involved in, in the doc, some amazing stories was, was watching the clips earlier. Obviously, Anthony Fauci has sort of shot to fame, but has been on the scene a long time in, in the US and uh, is, is involved in this doc. Um, very young looking Anthony Fauci in the, in the clips I was watching earlier. How, particularly in a, in a time when he's got other stuff on his plate, should we say, how do you go about uh, getting access to to the the big names that are that are involved in this doc? Um, I mean, we went we went direct, and it and it took a long time. Um, if you think about it, we we have first approached him under one administration, and then he ended up coming on board and filming under a totally different administration, um, and everything else that was going on in his life in between that, and the way that um, Fauci was having to deal with the uh, COVID crisis in America. Um, but he he and his team were were very open to to working with us when they finally understood the scale and scope and the ambition of what we wanted to achieve and that this really was a 360 degree feature documentary that examines all aspects of the disease in the US today which um, which has a, a level of honesty and authenticity uh, which I don't think there really has been anything like this to date that that, that charts the history against the, the current crisis and, and the needs of um, those with HIV and AIDS and the uh, things that they want to discuss in their own words and on their own terms. And I think he was very keen to come on board once we'd spent quite a considerable time talking to him and his team about it. Um, so it's no mean, mean feat. And, and thanks for being able to say that we've got a great a great cast because we really do. I mean, it's unparalleled, really. Yeah, I just sorry, Clive. I just wanted to add to uh, what Yoni said about Fauci, which is I think what you see in this doc is that Fauci has really been a warrior for kind of health justice forever, you know. And I think that you're right; he's rose to incredible fame through those Trump press conferences and and kind of trying to it felt like at times save the world under uh, un, unimaginable odds. But what you see and what, you know, what Yoni made and Falgany and, and in this doc is that Fauci 40 years ago, I mean, he was the, you know, he was a younger version of himself, but he was that same person kind of ringing the alarm bell saying, this is really bad. We have to pay attention to this. This is really bad. This is really bad. And it's such a key part of the story because, you know, then for really unfortunate reasons, for social reasons, religious reasons, political reasons, people didn't want to listen to him. But it is, and I hope that people take away from that, just the incredible kind of crusader that he is and what he's dedicated his life to, because I think he gets very unfairly criticized in the U.S. a lot and politicized. But 
hopefully people will watch this and say, this is a human being who has been on the side of, of justice and, and, and health, right? What's, who doesn't want to root for health for, for his entire career? Uh, so guys, obviously the, there's, there's been many documentaries on this, uh, on this topic. What will set this project apart and, and make it the definitive account? Falgany, maybe, maybe you go first and, and then Yoni uh, as well. Look, I think that um, given that we are, um, you know, 40 years in and we have done this expansive um, blend of interviews we've gone across the U.S. I, you know, we have access to people that um, haven't been accessed before, especially given our current environment. Um, we, you know, we talk to scientists on the front lines and um, we speak to Hollywood as well. And I think that that's part of what's really going to set this apart from anything else that's ever been done. Um, and again, I think the timing, you know, given that um, we are in the middle of a pandemic, that was that neglected pandemic, it's it's going to be it's going to really make a big splash for people to open their eyes because I think that was a big thing even back then you know I was watching one of the cuts and I was like yes education you know all the commercials in the 80s were about education we need education around HIV well you know what that's what documentary is for that's what a really well done documentary does it educates and it informs and I think that's what this will do yeah absolutely agree with Alcony um I mean our team spoke with over for three months we spoke with over 60 HIV and AIDS related organizations across the UK just as a way of starting to get into the subject and understand from them the kinds of contributors that with their help we could then get in contact with. And so from, from the top down, really, um, the most important thing that once we started to speak to the contributors that we wanted to feature and were, were so keen to feature in this, in this special um, was they wanted to ensure that they were part of a film and that we were going to make a film that was a positive reflection of the diverse culture um, and that it was not an exclusively white male or just black women disease. I mean, it affected everyone from all ages and all backgrounds. And, and also for us, not only for us to take a 360 degree view of that, but also to celebrate it and to celebrate them and to dehumanize them. And, and ultimately, the points around stigma still exist today. And, and they really, the really important thing about this doc is it, it takes in that entire view, the history, the understanding of how this how this illness and, and disease began um, and the people that were affected about it early on, how they were treated and communities that were mistreated. Um, and then looking, being able to look back at that in the cold light of day to day with the understanding as we do of what it, what it is to live through um, the fear of an epidemic and a pandemic and not feel like just because you have contracted something <laughs> that you are to be dehumanized before it. It's, um, it, it's, it's just sort of so um, sad to see that even today that that is still going on. And it's not just in the US, it, it's everywhere. Um, but, but ultimately, it was, as I said, to, to really celebrate the, the, the diversity of it and for the education to come through to inform people um, about the truth and that there are lots of misinformation and a lot of, a lot of issues around lack of education that continues today um, that would help millions of people. You know, it's 1.7 million people now living in the US with HIV and, and the vast majority of them would hope that this film would help them and you know even loved ones in their families close friends close relations people they work with do not understand their condition what and and how they are to be treated like you know, normal human beings um, that can continue to live a life fairly normally with the right treatment and not to be stigmatized so really it was for them coming on board and feeling they were part of a project that could do that and, and work with them in that way 
Yeah, Hegger is sitting uh, patiently in the, in the corner there. I feel like this one uh, one's for you. Um, it's going to be on on Vice in the US, obviously. What are the distribution plans for this uh, internationally and outside the uh, US? Well, um, you know, we love having our shows on Vice because the network is a very special place for us in the US. Uh, everything that comes out of our Vice network is um, purposeful, uh, impactful, and tackles timely subjects. And especially because of this is a timely subject for us, uh, not just because of the anniversary, but like Yoni said, there are still a lot of people living with this uh, disease and it's a global health challenge on a global level. And a lot of international buyers can relate to it as well, even though the the documentary itself is with the US lens. Um, I think a lot of of countries will some way or shape or form commemorate the anniversary and the more progressive networks, I'm sure, would like to have a, um, a documentary like that, this as part of their schedule. And it's very important for us, like what Faguni said, that we educate. And, you know, I think when Channel 4 released It's a Sin, um, they talked about education and a lot of the young people uh, don't have any reference um, uh, regarding this pandemic because they ne- they didn't live um, through the pandemic. Uh, well, um, you know, this whole global health challenge that we have still today, they don't really understand it. And I think uh, like Channel 4 always said, it's a sin did more for education than any textbooks about the subject. I think our documentary could be something that's uh, going to do the same um, for um, for all the nations around the world who would like to educate their um, public about the subject. So I see, I, I can already see a lot of interest in it generally, um, also because it's very timely and also because Vice is very well known to tell subjects in an honest way. And we also go into the details. So we t- tell stories on the micro level, not just on the macro level. And we don't just gloss over subjects. We actually, um, you know, unpack it really well. And I think that reputation helps me sell this, uh, this documentary. And just generally, um, I think a lot of buyers are interested in what they can do um, in this space this year. Um, so so loads of places to sell. Loads of places to sell. Morgan, I don't know if this was, it was your decision or whether it was pitched this way, but maybe shed some light on it for us. Why do it as a feature documentary rather than, say, a, a limited factual series or five, six parts? They seem to be really trendy at the moment. Why go down the feature dot route rather than a, than a limited series? Yeah, I mean, that, that ultimately is is the decision of, of me and the programming team, Pete Gaffney and Andrea Bracke, who run program strategy and scheduling for us. I think it's just an audience audience response thing. Uh, you know, our audience seems to enjoy these two hours we've done. You know, we've done a bunch of them. We have a documentary strand that we're running this under called Vice Versa, um, which is kind of uh, different views at well-known issues, right? So uh, to, to what uh, Bayo was saying, you know, yes, there, there might be a lot of other docs that are examining the history of HIV and AIDS at the 40th anniversary. I don't think there'll be others that kind of look at it through the the lens that Yoni was describing and the politics and the discrimination and, and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, limiteds don't do as well for us as two hours. We're, we're you know, I mean, since, since this is a conference of people that make television and, and people like to pitch us stuff, I will say we look for series and we look for docs. We don't generally do limiteds like four or five, six, something like that. 
our hope is we say, can this be like a really impactful and important two hour? Or is this something that can go to episode 1000 stuff that's in the middle? We're not super interested in the audience. You know, I would say in, in linear TV or linear US television network and, you know, our kind of sibling linear networks around the world, the the, the mini series, I think, is much more of a streamer phenomenon because for us, we have to market things, get people invested in them. It's a lot for somebody to get invested in something for six nights and then say, oh, well, then, you know, I'm done. It's much easier to get somebody to say either come come tonight and watch this. It's really good or make this your new Tuesday at 10 uh, obsession. So we we generally put things in one of those two categories. Feature.market market is, is very crowded and competitive and we know they've done really well for, for Amazon and Netflix. The streamers have put big money in there, um, more competitive than, than probably ever before the feature dot market. Bea, how do you make these things cut through in, in that crowded landscape? Well, again, we tackle, Vice tackles timely subjects usually. So that helps uh, with sales a lot. Um, every time we produce something, there is something uh, happening in, around the world at that given moment. So that's helping. But also access that we have. Everybody knows that Vice has uh, um, unparalleled access, not just to individuals, but organizations as well. So when we when they come to us for a documentary on a specific subject, they know that they get um, get their money's worth. Sorry to be so blunt about it. <laughs> and, um, and it's going to perform and it's going to be, in many cases, critically acclaimed and in some cases, award-winning. Um, and I think it's our reputation. I sell with reputation as well as, uh, you know, showing the tapes to people when, they, when, uh, when I'm selling. But access is the big, uh, with a capital A, that's what we are known for. Just a quick technical question. Um, there's, there are obviously Vice Nets and Vice has online presence all around the world. What is the distribution rights situation? Where is it available and, and not available? Well, it's available everywhere. Um, we have our partners around the world, obviously. We have a relationship with SBS in Australia. We have a relationship with Canal Plus in France. So obviously, they are getting it naturally um, as part of the deal. That that we've struck with them. I'm also working on some a couple of deals like that um, that will might come in the future. Um, but there are all kinds of other windows we are selling, even including the US. We are selling window after Vice TV. So uh, I would like to talk to everybody who's interested in this documentary because at some point in time I will be able to make it available to them. And uh, finally, we've sort of touched on it there, and I don't know if this is one for Morgan again, but people are looking to pitch Vice projects in the future um, or, or looking to, to buy this documentary off you. What is it that makes Vice documentaries Vice documentaries as opposed to the ones that we see on Netflix or Storyville in the, uh, on the BBC? There's a real... Uh, sort of distinctive style and tone to, to Vice documentaries. And I wondered if you could be a little bit more specific than I've been there just for, like I say, people who are looking to buy this doc or people who are coming to pitch you stuff in the future. What makes it a Vice project that you guys want to get involved with? Sure. I mean, I think on the on the doc side, what we're looking for is untold, untold stories and untold angles of big, well-known pre-marketed events. So when we look at this vice versa franchise, and I'll, I'll give you a few examples, because I think sometimes the best way to understand what to pitch is actually to, to know what we've done and we liked. So about 16 months ago, we did a doc um, produced by ITN for us 
called Meghan Markle Escaping the Crown, which was before the big Oprah interview, but really kind of the first time on U.S. television that some of those conversations were had about racism and kind of uh, what was going on and, and what was the story behind the story with Meghan Markle. And that did really well for us. You know, that was a great example of something that it was a story people knew. But at that point, people hadn't really been hearing that version of the story. Um, you know, we did a doc. I can't remember the exact title of it, but basically about Bernie Sanders in the media and, you know, the the kind of inside story of how the how some people in the U.S. believed that the media really wanted Biden to win instead of Bernie to win and how they treated him. We did a doc that we really liked a lot that we bought called um, A Man in His Shoes or One Man in His Shoes or something like that, which is really about the Air Jordan. And at that point, the ESPN doc was on and everybody was uh, talking about Michael Jordan and, you know, just this amazing story. But we did a doc that was like, hey, actually, the history of the shoe isn't what you think. There was actually a lot of crime around that and, and some not so great stuff. You know, we have a we have another big one like that that we're announcing after this next week. But that's really what we're looking for is if you come in and say everybody thinks they know X, Y, Z story, but the real story is Y, Z, X. We are very, very interested in that, you know, and that's true of Dark Side of the Ring of, you know, on all of our shows that are doing well that we're leaning into have that thread in them of a a story you think, you know, but you don't really know the true story. And we're going to tell you the true story. Um, And I think that's unique to us. I think that you know, the streamers are kind of, you know, you think about something like Tiger King or something, they're really spinning these incredible narrative yarns. Um, and I think that that environment is better for that because you kind of have time to process it. They don't have commercials. You can go back and watch it again. You know, we're in a kind of much more blunt environment, I would say, in linear linear television where people have to right away at the top of the show understand what it is, right? I mean, with this, it's pretty clear from the title what, what this show is going to be about. And that's one of the things that we like. Um, and in terms of pitching, you can pitch me, you can pitch Falcony, you can pitch... Uh, Tara, we have a development team that's wonderful. So uh, there's lots of lots of roads into Vice TV. And when can people see the neglected pandemic? June 2nd at 9pm. Guys, thank you so much for all coming together in, in a variety of time zones um, to, to tell us about this doc uh, today. Vital topic and it, you guys have done an incredible job with it. So congratulations on the on the project. I, uh, I'm sure it'll make a big impact when it does air in the US and, and then travels abroad. Congratulations on that. Thank you for sparing us the time to talk about it t- today. Yoni Usiskin, Falguni Lakani Adams, Bea Hegedus, and Morgan Hertzen speaking with Clive Whittingham as part of C21's Content LA On Demand. Video versions of all the sessions are available on c21media.net right now if you're a pro subscriber, and there'll be more from the event in the podcast tomorrow. But in the meantime, stay safe and up to date with all the latest international TV industry news and views by following C21 online, on mobile and social media. My name's Jonathan Webdale. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 